Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. 32 teams in action last night in the NHL, and if you lived in Ontario and had basic cable, you couldn't watch them. It's cool, eh? Uh, Thank you to the Providence in Vancouver. uh, Sorry, excuse me, the Providence. Which is still one of the great newspapers in this country, and the there are great. very, very few newspapers left. Uh, but they kind of did a breakdown. They of this. print hard copies. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I would imagine not. Uh, but uh, they did say um, it's just a blog, Adam. They did, yeah, then it's a blog. Yeah, uh, they they have um, you know, it's kind of true, right? <laughs> if, if there's no newspaper, it's a blog. It's a subscription blog. I uh, I mean I don't I don't want to. Uh, be this guy on account of uh, the uh, the state of the industry, but after some of the shit that people talked in 2013, well, 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 welcome to the blogosphere, everybody. Looks uh, like you're here in mom's basement along with us. Uh, Frozen Frenzy uh, aired on ESPN last night, and and province the province did a uh, an article. This is done by Patrick Johnston uh, about why we couldn't get that. Uh, in Canada. And the reality is that we did have that in Canada for a bit, just not on like a special night. It was like Steve and Jeff and Jason York on mm-hmm. Twitter of all places. Ice surfing. Ice it was surfing. so good. And the I'm NHL, still mad about They used it. to do it with Jay and Dan on the NHL Network too back in no. the day when that was at Agent Court. Don't remember. 20 years ago. Don't recall. Uh, but because baseball took precedence on all the Sportsnet channels, um, you couldn't watch the... So cable subscribers in the Pacific and West Divisions will have access to the Vancouver Canucks in Nashville and the Oilers at Minnesota broadcast, respectively, while viewers in all regions will be able to watch the Flames and Rangers on 360. Mm-hmm. But if you're a subscriber to basic cable in Ontario, you won't be able to watch any of these games. The only to wa- watch uh, is Sportsnet Plus. But if you're in Toronto and you have Sportsnet Plus, you cannot watch you had to watch on TSN because it was a regional game. And that's why we don't get the Frozen Frenzy thing in Canada because... For some reason, they didn't do this on a Wednesday night, which is the national night. And Tuesday, they did it on a Tuesday. I don't know. And I maybe I don't know. Is there I mean, the NBA is kicking off this week. So maybe that was part of it. It was counter programming for ESPN is what how they looked at it going into it. It's we're going to build a whole night around this property that we haven't done the best job promoting since we've had the rights to hockey in America. So we're going to try and do go the extra mile and we're going to build this NFL red zone style show around. Hey, big night in MLB, big night in NBA. If you don't want that, we also have programming, which I think was really smart by them. But 
uh, so for for it Canadians, was also programming. It was also programming. So, yeah. but for Canadians, it just falls on the wrong night because T- Sportsnet can't show it because TSN had the game last night. Right, and and the games that Sportsnet could have shown. They didn't need to show the playoffs across all their major cable networks, but they do want you to sign up for Sportsnet Plus. Mm-hmm. So the way to do that is to put it on 360 so you can't watch it with a basic cable package. I wonder if it drove subscriptions. I have no idea. I don't know how that works. I, I, there must be a reason they do yeah, it. I would, I would I mean, think I would for them. Would. I would think for them if the whole goal is like the executive there, you know, I'm Adam's chief boss at That's Sportsnet. And, ha ha! I'm and taking he, all your money. And he goes down to the underlings and he says, hey, even though you have COVID, I need you to work today. Pets and like work. you did with Andrew Berkshire. And he says, hey, drive up Sportsnet Plus subscriptions. And they right. say, what's our biggest property? Hockey. So let's pull it off of the TV yeah. and throw it on the Plus. And by the way, we're suffering out West with Sportsnet Plus subscription. So let's make sure all of them are on the add-on channels, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's what I would do if I was an evil businessman. This happened last year with uh, the Leafs Canucks game, mm-hmm. which is the biggest English audience that Sportsnet could possibly have. Yeah. And so the Saturday night game, they didn't want to give it away for free uh, on YouTube, you know, with scumbags like me. Uh, so I was doing, I think it was like Euler, Oilers Habs mm-hmm. instead yeah, of Canadians Leafs Canucks, yeah. and that was the night Marner broke the consecutive points uh, record. I had a, and I didn't get to do it. I was salty. About I, that. I remember that, and I remember uh, leading up to that, we were saying, "Won't it be hilarious when?" And it was. And uh, it happened. <laughs> and it was. And you can see on my face, um, you can see the disappointment on my face the moment he scored in the other game <laughs> because the comment section was just. Full of Marner broke it, Marner broke it, Marner broke it. I'm like, cool, cool, great. great. Now, cool. glad I didn't get that cool moment. The uh, one thing I can remember, and this probably was like 2011 or 2010, my ex girlfriend. So my girlfriend at the time, it was like 20 or 21 years old. She was working for the Blue Jays that summer, and that was the first year that uh, Bautista broke out in those uh, mm. in the black Jays jerseys. Uh, he Who's had, this guy from the Pirates? He had 50 home runs, and Edwin had just joined the team as well. Uh, mid-season trade, and so the team was kind of exciting, right? It was sort of like they weren't going to make the playoffs, but it was exciting that they had a player that could do that. Mm -hmm. So Sportsnet launched Sportsnet 1, and um, they took all the September Blue Jays games and put them on Sportsnet 1, and nobody had that in their cable subscription. And, of course, there was no app to watch it on back then, so you had to call the cable company. You had to add the channel, and the channel was like an extra five or six bucks a month. And I remember they were honoring Cito Gaston because I believe that was his last year as the manager. Oh, dude. And so they bring out, and I remember this is the last game of the season. I'm there because, thank, I don't know what it was, but with Jay's employees back then, you got free tickets to every game if you wanted them. So I would, oh, there's so many of them. So yeah, spend, people didn't want Jay's tickets at that back time. Then, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so to spend, to spend some time with her, I would like go to the games with her, then watch the game, and then wait till she was done, and then go home. Because it was there's a game like every night throughout the summer. So you had to see each other somehow. So I'm at this last game. I've seen probably 40 games this year. That, wow. I was at a ton of Jay's games. And um, uh, I can remember... Uh, they were bringing out the the president of the organization, which would have been Paul B, not Paul Beeston, Paul Beeston, mm-hmm. uh, and then the CEO of Rogers, Nadir Muhammad, and everybody goes boo, like the, <laughs> the entire place booing because they're all like all the most hardcore Jays fans are there, and they know what's happened in the games in September, and they're not happy about it. But uh, but did it work? Might have worked. I did it. I don't know. 
Well, I have no, I, you know, I have no well, the, idea. Yeah, the state of television in Canada is notably great. It's good. It's awesome. So, so I don't, I don't know if it did. Uh, would love to see ice surfing back in Canada. I'm sure Sportsnet would too. But it was nice to see. Um, it was nice to see uh, ESPN really making an effort for hockey. And something else that's going on today, and I was going to save this story for later, but since we're on the topic, is Austin Matthews is going to be on the Pat McAfee show today. And oh, wow, really? That is a that's an enormous deal. The NHL tweeted about it from their not the NHL PR account the NHL account wow okay okay Pat McAfee's been tweeting about it been talking about it it's a big deal because in the first year that the that that ESPN had hockey last year you know for for the first time in 20 years they really tried to shoehorn it into places it didn't belong like they tried to make Stephen A. Smith talk about it he doesn't care if he doesn't care it's really hard for him to authentically talk about it um and so they really didn't find a lot of great inroads to bring hockey in. Mm -hmm. But enter the Pat McAfee show, uh, which was enormous on YouTube, uh, has an enormous following, and Pat's from Pittsburgh, which instantly makes him a great person. Uh, <laughs> but this is, I think this is interesting because when you put it in context, we are going to see a Mexican-American athlete from Arizona represent the NHL on one of the biggest shows on ESPN, which is the biggest sports network in the United States. I think that's a really positive step forward. And, you know, I think it also matters that he's exciting. You know and what I fun. mean? Like, and fun. Like, he's not talking to, like, normal reporters. No offense to all of them. He's a fun guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, he maybe doesn't have the, you know, charisma of, like, Muhammad Ali in his prime <laughs> or something like that. But, like, he's cool. He's People like talking to him. He's, he's conversational. Um, and like all due respect to Sidney Crosby, who's, you know, a great guy, great player, ambassador, all that, um, you know, was, it, as soon as you take the washer and dryer out of the way, remember he used to go on uh, talk shows and shoot pucks into the washer dryer. Yeah. Cause that's uh, what he did at home. Cause right? that's what he did at home. And, oh, yeah, okay. It's, it's like the, I didn't do it kid. You know, but once, once you see that a few times, you're like, all right, get a new bit. Yeah. Yeah, like Matthews is a uh, he's a good conversationalist and like he's up to date on like pop culture and stuff like that. And he hangs out with Justin Bieber and he's he's interesting to talk to. So uh, like I, I'd be curious how many uh, more interesting ambassadors there are in the NHL than him. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's just Toronto bias. It helps that he scores a shitload of goals and it helps that he's an American. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Need, listen, uh, do Americans love their own? A Do little Americans bit. love American athletes? They love being champions of the world. And like, you know, I guess, you know, Connor McDavid, here's another Canadian who shoots the puck real well. You know what I mean? And 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 fortunately or unfortunately, because he's playing for the Oilers, has a lot of scowls. There's a lot, a lot of, scowls. of scowling McDavid shots out there. And well, and like and um, Americans, I don't want to speak for you, but I think a lot of people watching the show who the NHL wants to speak to and get on their side would be like, he plays where? Well, yeah. Edmonton? Sure. What's Edmonton? Well, and like, I'm not saying that to shit on Edmonton. Obviously, Canadians know Edmonton, but like in North American sports, I mean, how many markets are there? I was at a Bon Jovi concert once and he called, uh, he called uh, Ontario a state. Oh, uh, like, you oh, know, and it's, yeah. and it's, I guess I understand. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, it makes like, sense. We would never call New York a province because we no, know. No, we wouldn't. Because we know. Yeah. But it's like that that the knowledge that we have of the states is not is not is not coming back the other way, and that's because we're smaller. Mm. I love that perspective. I'd, I'd love to get an American's 
blunt and honest perspective on that because we're always like, oh, they don't know anything outside of the States. And, but the, the, the brash pushback you often get is, yeah, why would we? Like, oh, yeah, we're going to learn uh, everything about Canada? Why? Why? Yeah, that is the size of New York. Who cares? Yeah, there's the same amount of people in the state of California as there are in, in Canada. And California is a bigger economy. Yeah, like Area, I don't, like the seventh biggest. Economy I don't blame them. But uh, like, if Pat McAfee was smart, he would have on the more personable, higher scoring American, which is Jack Hughes. You suck. <laughs> he- you, you, I, I, I am kicking Drew out of every group chat. He is poisoning my friend. Yeah, it's true. I it, will not have it. if they true. wanted. If ESPN was actually doing their due diligence, they would get the guy with the bigger personality and who can score more goals and is off to a hotter start, and who is also American from Orlando, Florida. Jack Hughes. He actually has no. fewer goals. Bum ass. More points. Nah, just a bunch of assists. Probably all secondary. They're all primary. What a bum. What a piece of garbage who is single handedly wrecking shop for my fans. Ma- maybe a little Thank more you, handsome. All right. All right. Let's not get yeah, Let's not be insulting. Back. Come on. <laughs> you can't take that back, Jesse. I said it. You wow. said it. I said what I said. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, can you see a world where, and I know that these these guys are paid to do this, but can you see a world where, you know, how Aaron Rodgers ap- appears every Tuesday, and I think it's Nick Saban that's every Thursday on Pat yeah, I, I Can you see an Austin Matthews every week? I mean, that'd be cool. Would he say the same thing every fucking week, like the quarterback who doesn't play? I don't think so. Oh, I think okay, Austin would cool. have different things to say. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so he'd have like a relevant opinion that changes every week. He's got to be the last other guy. subjects. <laughs> he's got to be the last guy on earth still going at Fauci. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. he's Did not. You know Aaron he's Rodgers ended up the last group. <laughs> what? Did you know that he didn't get vaccinated? No. <laughs> Let, I, I here, no. here, he got Aaron. inoculated. <laughs> Aaron, you're you cool. A- you're cool. You got there. He got inoculated. You, you've no. you've been given cool approval. You can stop fucking saying it. Like, what's your opinion on anything else? Mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he, you know, even for people that are like anti-vax, he's kind of boring. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah, we get it. You don't like vaccines. What else? What else? And what? Mm. Uh, right. Yeah. It's got to, You got to have a personality yeah. that goes beyond that. Yeah. De- definitely don't say the same thing every week with the same smug. I don't know fucking anything. Asshole smile. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Can you tell um, I don't like him? We had uh, we had a, a hell of a lot of games last night. I'm going to go through some of the ones with the big storylines. And I start with the Leafs because it's of the course, S- it's the SDP of course. center of the universe. Woo! Two things. Two things. Number one, Joseph Walt. Holy shit. Uh, 17 shots faced in the first, and he was perfect, including the callback goal. By the way, yep. the video review crew is what now? Is it 10 for 10 I think or 11 of 11? I think it's 13 for 13. Wow. No, they're 10 for 10. I thought they were 11 I, for 11. No. Like I thought they were 10 ago. for 10 last time. No. <laughs> they're 10. I thought. <laughs> Don't let him finish that sentence. Don't let him. Do I that. won't. Don't. Sheldon Keefe and the video crew are 10 for their last 10 overall. Sheldon Keefe as a coach is 16 for his last 17. Wow. Wow. Thanks, Mr. Pfizer. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Cool. <laughs> oh. Or you can just sit there and I be guess, like, oh, I remember what the. the or I guess you'll just believe anything. <laughs> I fucking hate his face so much. I hate his stupid face so much. Oh. All right, all right, all right. So the Leafs had... Fuck off. (laughs) The Leafs had... Also, when you're positioning a camera, position it down. Don't, like... Everybody's like this. Why does it nobody know You're giving advice to somebody who does not care. 
Well, yeah. very clear. What what <laughs> impression did he give you that he cares? Yeah, <laughs> or thinks. Um, uh, uh, also, very good quarterback. Like, Extremely like, good. That's why I drafted him in my fantasy. He's very talented on the football field. Uh, the Leafs had 17 shots all game. Which is... The Caps had 17 in the first. Yep. Wall stopped 36. Now, I have asked this question. This is going to be the third time. Mm. And I'm going to ask it again. When is Joseph Wall going to be the starter? De- How soon will we announce this? Last night. De- Last night was the night? Le- yeah. Now, until further notice, because this is always until further notice. Yeah, well, that's how it works with goalies. Um, I mean, if Andre Vasilevsky is, com- you know, comes back and is complete dog shit until Valentine's Day, Jonas Johansson becomes the lightning starter. How how bad would he have to be for Jonas? Quite Johansson? bad. Like, because he's here's the thing with a guy like Vasilevsky, and I don't know if you guys agree with this. He's if, maybe a bad example. If Andre Vasilevsky has an 880 save percentage in December, nobody's freaking out. If mm-hmm. if Ilya Samsonov does for the month of December, people are freaking out. It's because Vasilevsky has the resume. He has a longer track record of I'm good. Right. Which is relevant. Deserved and relevant. Shust- Shusterkin's an interesting one because he was the best goalie in the world two years ago and then was a little ho-hum last year. And if he were to be poor... Well, he's backed up by Jonathan Quick. Like, I, I'm trying to picture a scenario. Yeah, I don't think that's a good one either. Jonathan Quick would take over. But um, Samsonov doesn't have a long enough track record of success. He was good last year. He mm-hmm. was good. Um, but he doesn't have a long enough track record of success, and he started the season poorly. Wool's been fucking great. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to not acknowledge that Wool has at very least been the better goalie through six games, which is six games. Yep. Yep. But he's been the better goalie against Washington, who cannot uh, score uh, water in the ocean right now, and against Chicago. Those are the two teams he's played, right? Um, still really like him. Still really, really like him. Jesse, he's been the better goalie. But are you, you going to take so this Shesterkin hate, by the way? You, no, that was that was a weird thing. That was hate, hatred, I right? I think like we need to ask: Is he bad? <laughs> Shostarkin? Yeah, is he bad? Uh, Are the Rangers bad? Uh, it, the Caps, their offense so- is just—it's not there. Wow, it's 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 surprising to watch just this dead zone where they can't muster any kind of goals. Wool um, had I don't know two three really good saves. Yeah, you no, know, he made saves. He made saves, but it was just a big old bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Ovechkin had fourteen shots on goal. Where? Where early on during the power play, like he he got a whole bunch of those one timers right on goal, but it was right really on goal threat. or right on Joseph Wool's logo. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like right on to the goalie. <laughs> like I am not used to being like that was a bad shot from Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Like he was completely fighting it. Still scored. <laughs> Still scored. That's he's so ridiculous. Right um, now, the Washington Capitals are last in the league in goals for through five games. They have scored a total of six. Where are they in shots? Goals in terms of shots. Shots per game. Uh, shots per game. Jesse, you're bringing up NHL Edge. They Even sit. It's no, it's regular NHL. Uh, uh, they sit 28th. Oh so shit! Really? Twenty-seven wow. and point uh, two shots per game. The Leafs got outshot by twenty by the team in twenty-eight. The teams below Washington, Vancouver, which is a little circumstantial because they've they've been winning. Um, yeah. Uh, Chicago, who's terrible. San Jose, who's terrible, and the Blues, who have just been They're- in. 
the same with the Capitals. They can't score at all. But that's a lot of them uh, moving their defensive systems and then it losing a lot of their offense because they're playing less kind of open hockey. So the Blues are just struggling offensively too. But yeah, the Caps just, they can't do anything on the offensive side this season. I have a question about that, their offense specifically, and Ovechkin, who scored both goals last night, even though one of them counted. Uh, <laughs> um, when Giordano hooked Ovechkin mm-hmm. and it led to the penalty shot, I wanted to give Giordano a, a trophy because yeah. because a, I think <laughs> if when it comes to penalties, I think getting a two minute penalty is worth way more than getting a penalty shot, especially mm-hmm. for a guy like Ovechkin. And I don't know what his career shootout thing is, but I have to be honest. He's not a guy that scores that way. Well, OK, what is he what has been more successful for him? The power play where he scored his 300th power play goal. Which is insane. 300, 300 power play. 100. How many players in NHL history have even reached 300 goals of any kind? Like, it's a difficult mark to hit. Yeah. Um, what is more dangerous, him on the power play or him in the shootout or on a penalty shot? It's, I mean, Easily without even play. looking at the numbers, it's him on the power play. So this is, this is what I'm, I'm curious about this in the NHL. This is a very bizarre rule. Because if I were to hook you in the neutral zone, I'm going for two. But if you skate past me... If you skate past me and you create a scoring chance, you're going to get a one-on-one with a goalie who's got a clear look at you the entire way. Mm-hmm. I think you should have the option to decline the penalty shot. Mm-hmm. And, and Yes, you I want, agree. You want the numbers, Adam. Last night they had it on the broadcast, actually, because it was a historic penalty shot oh, for Alexander Ovechkin. Oh. It was his, the 13th of his career, which ties in with Vinny LeCavalier for most ever all time. Vinny LeCavalier? <laughs> in terms of penalty shots. And out of those 13, he has scored twice. Wow. So it's a good so trade for Giordano. For oh, my God. You can take 100% the next of the time. So, so here, let me expand on your idea. I agree that teams should have the option to decline the penalty shot. I think they should call more penalty shots. Like the hmm. what I saw there, that's fair. Was, if you had the option to decline, maybe they would. Well, maybe they would. It's it's like uh, the offside thing. They're calling fewer because they're like, eh, just let it go and we'll figure it out after. Yeah, we'll figure it out on video, video replay and it'll change the game. Yeah, like wait. calling a major penalty. You can review any any major penalty. Just call everything a major penalty. Yeah. Go check it. Yeah. yeah. Go ch- <laughs> go check it. Yeah. It's, I love when refs go, relax. I haven't made a decision. Relax. Um, <laughs> no, like, they're, 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 you see them. The players go, what the fuck? What the fuck? And, and the ref goes, dude, dude, I'm going to look at the screen. Relax. I don't know either. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But with, with, with like the goaltender interference last night, uh, there are so many situations where like if they had called that a goal, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like who knows what goaltender interference is these days? Guys in the net, I don't know, might be allowed. But w- it's the same with a penalty shot. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just changes like the winds i have no idea what is a clear breakaway what is oh he was a little at the side i would like to see them call more penalty shots especially if it's paired with your idea of you have the option to uh decline it because now now that we have the number i feel even more strongly that washington would prefer the power play now the nhl sucks for this because the reason that they're not allowed to i can tell you is nobody would ever call a penalty shot yeah, because it doesn't make sense numbers-wise. Numbers-wise, you'd never shot. do it. 
No. Unless it's like mm. there's 30 seconds left in a game. And it's Kirill Kaprizov and you're like, yeah. hey, I want to give my fans something fun to cheer for and we're upset. No, like because maybe there's not enough time to set up. A, like if there's oh, 10 that seconds too? left. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like yeah, there's yeah. 10 seconds left in the game. There's not enough time to do a power play. So you're mm. like, I'll take the penalty shot. Well, I mean, there's, there's another possible rule adjustment I would have. The Leafs took a penalty with like 12 seconds left or whatever. You would or continue no, the game. No, it was the Blackhawks with, I think it was less than 20 seconds left in... What was at the time, I think, a one-goal game. And I'm like, well, I mean, of course they did. You take that trade every time. Yeah. There's only 20 seconds left. Who gives a shit? But then you would get the defending team keep taking penalties to extend the game and try and score shorthand. Yes, there would so. definitely be some Roger Nielsen <laughs> uh, shenanigans yeah. going on. That is exactly the sort of thing he would have taken advantage of. So yeah. I'm so, not sure. You should have the option. It makes so much because it's a penalty. Like, that is what the infraction is. You committed a penalty on the ice. Why does this one be a penalty shot and the other one is a power play? Like, you should have the option to have a power play. You, you would, like, if I'm Mark Giordano in that situation, I'm going to the ref. I, I, it was clearly from behind. It was clearly from behind. Give him yeah. a penalty shot. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the, that other, should be a rule. The That's a veteran say, move. The other thing I would say is um, the, uh, the two-minute penalty... Um, like, maybe a lot of people would say, well, okay, if, if no teams take the penalty shot, right? If then then there there goes the excitement in the game and I would say I would argue that a 2 minute penalty is more exciting for yeah. a longer period. Yeah, it's well, it, 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 it's a tuning driver. Like in terms of like if you look at it from a broadcasting perspective, mm -hmm. it's a moment where you go from leaning back to leaning in. No matter what side you're on. It adds drama. 100%. Because like I was I was about to say like well McDavid would take the penalty shot and then I was like wait a second no he, no, he wouldn't, wouldn't. No. he's on the Oilers and he's, their power play is he's disgusting. one of the greatest power play scorers of all time but yeah. imagine though imagine a situation where the Oilers have the best power play in the league and he goes no I'm taking the penalty shot and then he scores it what a fucking like just general yeah. he seems like or what if he misses and then he seems like an idiot yeah. like like I just. I think it's a little bit more intrigue. And if nobody takes the penalty shot, maybe that is a clue to everybody around that the penalty shot's kind of dumb and the power play should be what's happening. Yes. <laughs> like, maybe we should just yes. lean towards, hey, if everybody's picking this, maybe the other thing shouldn't be an option. A penalty shot is not the advantage people think. <laughs> no, of. it's, it's not. really not. Uh, two for 13, one of the greatest scores, going to be the greatest goal scorer of all time. Two for 13. And or, because that's not how he scores. Yeah. If it's a penalty shot, you can pick anyone in your team. What do we think of that? I don't hate that. I don't. Ryan hate Reeves either. has a breakaway. You're hooking him every time because who cares? Yeah. No, anyone on the team can take it. Yeah. I remember um, when I was playing house league hockey against our social manager, uh, Justin Fisher, back in the day. Mm. Um, Goon. Uh, there would be in house league, like for all, for those of us that had played at a higher level, there was like, they would spread you out am among the teams, right? Cause there was players who were beginning and then players right. like us who could, could skate. And we were on the select team and did the traveling tournaments and stuff. And I remember Justin beat me wide once, like we're both defensemen and he was on a rush and he just turnstiled me. So I turned around and I, like, I was on my knees, like broke my ankles. It was embarrassing. And I hooked him around the ankles and brought him down oh, no. because I knew there was no penalty shot. And I knew his team wasn't going to score on the penalty. So I took my two minutes and, and we were fine. Love that. But he didn't get a shot away. Uh, and he was like, you fucker. He's like, that was a really good <laughs> idea. Uh, but, you know, that's that's sort of the way you got to play the game. Anyway, the other question I had about this game, and then we'll move on to some other stuff, is, is $10 million going to be enough to sign William Nylander? Uh, I mean. Is it going to be enough? I mean. Like we were talking preseason, 9.2, 9.3. He's been pretty good, man. Listen, it's the same as it always was. He's either going to take less to stay here 
Um, he's going to walk mm-hmm. or they're going to trade him. Now, they're not going to trade him. No. He's f- fucking unreal. No, why would you trade him? Right. So, like, even though you could get a King's Ransom, I mean, you could also get that for Austin Matthews. Like, <laughs> you know, you're not trading your best players just because you can. So, they're not trading him. So, he's either out of the goodness of his heart going to take less and stay or he's going to walk. And it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to spend the whole season dry. I'm still going to ask the question. Guys, is... is- is two million or ten million enough, Steve? I got a proposal for you. Give me for you specifically. I mm-hmm. think you're you're the guy who can parse this through and determine whether it's a great idea or not. Got it. A swap, a swap. Ooh. John Tavares for William Nylander, and all you gotta do is suffer through one year of pain. John, John Tavares. Tavares' contract comes up in twenty five twenty six. He makes eleven million dollars. William Nylander makes six point nine million dollars, which is roughly seven. Starting at the 25-26 season, John Tavares starts to make $7 million. William Nylander makes 10 ish somewhere in there. Everything's figured out. We're the same place we were in 23-24 if we just suffer through one year of the 24-25 season where they both make an obscene amount Which of money. Which is probably what they're thinking, right? So, Steve, They're probably going to try. What do you that? think of the swappy doodle do? I mean, what the first of all, never call it that, that again. I'm really uncomfortable I with think that. that's what we call this little move <laughs> that I don't know if JD like and Willie are making. Jesse, you figure out how to spell that. That's the title of the show. That's the title of the show. Swappy doodle <laughs> Brandon Britham walked into Dubis's office and he said, "You know what, Doobie? I got a I got an idea for you. I got an idea for a swappy doodle swappy doodle." And then Dubis said, "I'm never GMing anywhere else except for Toronto," and they left for Pittsburgh. And then Brad Living said, "Whoa, what's this file on my desk? The swappy doodle do." Swappy doodle do. And then Brad's like, "I'm gonna go forward with it if Steve Dangle recommends it." What do you say? Um, listen, if you're able to. <laughs> You're so fucking weird. If you're able to pull something like that off, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you do it? It's it's kind of funny because if you look at their salaries, you go, yeah, one should be making one and the other should be making the other. Um, yeah, I would do that. But how do you get through the year? You would need uh, an army of rookies, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to remember that Nyes will be will have to be re-signed, I think, pretty soon. Right. Well, nice. He's not until 24-26 when the swap is completed. 24-25. Sorry, 25-26. And what, what about Wall? I know he's not making like 700 grand. Which Wall, Wall, Wall makes same year. this year and next. Yeah, you're good. They could you're potentially good. they could potentially do it. And Nicky Bobby, if he comes up and is successful, he's in the last year of his ELC. He'd probably, he'd probably be at Lilligren money at, for at least the next couple. Uh, yeah, he's making like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you would have to. Okay, that is when we start having. That is when we start banging the table and having the Ryan Reeves conversation. Well, but not yet. And again, a variable deal, but apparently not, according to our emails. Something like that. That that. Listen, Ryan Reeves does not need to be on the Leafs. They can move that contract. I don't know. But anyway, regardless, I think you're right, Jesse. The Wild um, offered him more, or as much. Wow. Team, teams want him. Um, I think you're right, Jesse. Uh, I think that that's what they got to do because mm-hmm. he's been amazing. Um, you know, the one thing you can always say, and, and this has been the case for William Nylander since he started here in Toronto and Matthews and Marner took off, and, and he was still right in there too, is that if you do trade him, the defense has to be the beneficiary. Like you need mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. you need to find that Victor Hedman type piece, maybe not Victor Hedman, 
This but you need is, to uh, find like you need to find what the Lightning found in Sergachev five years ago when they traded Drew in for him. Like who the hell's coming up? Exactly. So if, that, if that's not out there, like, and if and if no one's willing to make that move, then you got to keep him. Uh, and and I think he's been unbelievable, and I want them to keep him. I mean, uh, f- shout out to him. He had his number, and I don't regret anything I said about Nylander and his contract demands during the offseason. Mm-hmm. He had not earned more than what other guys got. He hadn't. Uh, he is coming off a really good season. So and were a lot, of, a lot of guys. Good and playoffs. a good playoffs. So were some other guys. And... They sign for their eight, between eight and nine, whatever it was, million. Mm -hmm. You know, like he's asking for more than Tage Thompson. You you know what I mean? Um, But he's like, no, this is my number. And they couldn't come to an agreement. Season began. And now it's like, all right, you better go out and earn that number. (laughs) Holy shit. He's been incredible. Yeah. Probably second best player. Oh. Behind Austin? Yeah. Oh, Austin's yeah. been a maniac. No question. No but Willie's... And then John know. Tavares has been the third. He's been and really, he's been really good. Because the two of them have been so dynamic together. Yeah. Yep. It's actually been kind of discreetly... A, not a bad, but just a ho-hum start for Marner. Yeah. But those three have been so good that it doesn't matter. But that's the point, isn't it? The whole idea was... <laughs> and I feel bad for Kyle because they these four have done him dirty a couple of times. Yes. Um... Uh, but and, and this is where like I've been critical of certain things Dubas did, but I got what his point of view, which is, well, they can't all be cold at the same time. And then they'd play the Bruins. But <laughs> I, I, and and, and re- realistically, throughout the regular season, you are going to have every star is going to have cold patches. The point is that um, the other guys will step up. And Marner, for instance, has he's got five points in six games, right? It's not bad. Oh, he's putting a point. There's a few guys who are near a point a game. Or at a point of game where you're like, what the fuck? Really? Yeah. Dude, Klingberg is nearly at a point of game. Yep. Domi! Domi! He didn't do anything for four games. Yep. He's got, I think, f- five points? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't I do can look it up if you want me games. to. But this is, the, so this is the thing. Like, has Mitch Marner been a world beater on the ice yet? No. No. But he's been good. Right. And he, you can tell it's coming. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the game where he did score, I thought was his best game. I forget which one it was, but I was like, that. I'm starting to see the flash. Riley right. off the first power play. How's he gonna get? He's got five points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the idea, you know? Yeah. Because well, last last season, Mitch Marner carried a lot of the offense yes. from November through January, and when he's cold this year, Austin's gonna step up, and Willie and JT are gonna be there because they have all four of these guys, and they can just swap whoever's gonna be the heart of uh, the. Uh, the best at that moment. Yeah, Riley, Marner, Klingberg all have five and six games, and then Domi's got four and six. He just hasn't scored his first goal yet. Like, we're four and six games. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, it, the core four, I mean, if none of them are going, they lose, obviously. If one of them are going, it's going to be hard to win. Mm-hmm. If two of them are going, eh, I'd say it's 60-40, leaning uh, the, the Leafs get 60 in terms of them winning. Mm-hmm. Three of them are going, they're extremely hard to beat. Four of them are going, they're ba- basically unstoppable. But it's really, really difficult to get all four of them going at once. Tampa, with with that uh, playoff series last year, we kept talking about, oh, they were getting outplayed and you know th- they shouldn't have won that series. How many of them are going? I'd say at least three. Mm-hmm. Willie was going, Austin was going, Mitch was going. Tavares funny enough, was actually kind of struggling, and he's the one who ended up winning the series. Who's so as 
even though they were getting outplayed, if the core is going, they're really hard to beat. To that point versus Florida guys, who who was going on the Florida Panthers? <laughs> All their best players, though. Oh, oh, oh you who mean was going on the Panthers? Pan- I thought you meant yeah. on the Leafs. Oh, no, not uh, on none the of them. On the pa- <laughs> no, but the Panthers, who were the guys that won that series? Sergei Bobrovsky. And, and Matthew Kachuk. And Matthew Kachuk. Uh, Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett. Brandon Montour was really Barkov good. Barkov had a good series. Like, those are Barkov the... Barkov was... Uh, Bar- those guys, though, are the... Yeah. Listen, they don't win. It's like, oh, my God, look at the stars. They're winning the whole series for them. Yeah, that's what they're there for, and man. who won the series? Fucking Nick Cousins. I know. Uh, it makes Ooh. me sad. And so so with all that said, the one thing I would say, Jesse, about your... What did you call it? A swap? Swappy doodle-doo. Swappy doodle-doo. Extraordinarily it's, uncomfortable with that, but we're going to go with put it. Put it on the manila file folder. The Get William Nylander to stick around. The one issue I have, and you say it's going to be a one-year sort of a pinch point here about like you know, players making more than they should and one player's making less than they should, whatever. The problem I have is that players got squeezed this year with the salary cap, right? You had Bertuzzi fall into your lap. Matt Dumba did not plan to end up an Arizona Coyote, but he did. Um, I mean, the same thing happened to Klingberg in Anaheim, right? I know people and, think the Leafs gave him too much. He probably didn't plan on ending up here. No, I don't think so. Not on a one-year and, deal. And so those types of deals, I don't think are going to be available in the summer. And so oh, man, those, nibbling uh, around the edges is going to be ch- more challenging. They, yeah. it, we've been told nonstop, bludgeoned over the head with it. Cap's going to go up. Cap's going to go up. Cap's going to go up. What does the season start with? Oh, people aren't going to games. <laughs> Yeah, but the gate is such a small. If you look at the at the, at the corporate sponsorship level, what the gate brings in v- versus what a corporate sponsorship does is is so I unbelievably different. I, I it's just why don't they changed the, the pride league. tape situation, which we can talk about, sure. uh, which we're going to talk about I, later. I just it's Scotia Bank putting out ads in Toronto saying pride tape for everyone. They made uh, how many how many orders of pride tape did they make? And they're one of the main sponsors of the NHL, not just the Leafs, the NHL. Mm-hmm. Do you? Scotiabank stepped in there and said, um, mm, "I mean, we such, pay you a lot of money." Such Steve is just win. skeptical because when somebody betrays you time and time again, it's a little difficult to believe that. And that's fair. I don't this, know. Maybe Lucy's going to hold the football for me this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's been I think I'm going to. I think I'm going 50 yards with this one. If you're telling me that the NHL lives and dies by attendance in markets like Winnipeg, Buffalo. Arizona, which we already knew was going to be low. Like, why is Winnipeg even a story? Why? That's, it's, it should not be actually They're, kind they're of over a funny three point. times what the Coyotes are even capable of. All right. But it's down. not about the truth of the matter that the gate, they can still raise the salary cap if the gate's not there. It's about the spin. Like, is yeah. Gary Bettman, the spin doctor, going to go out and say, you know what? Gates weren't there this season. We're not going up all the percent. We're going to hold back like half a percent for that little revenue we miss. It's just, Gary. I understand why you're skeptical. 100%. Yeah. He said, I think he said the cap is projected to go up to, what was it, 87.7? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Whatever the maximum is, that's what they're doing. 87.7. And then he goes, you know, but we reserve the right to change it or whatever his wording was. To me, that was the pebble hitting the windshield. <laughs> and you're like, did you know, oh, that sounded kind of hard. And then, oh, attendance numbers are a little soft. And that's when, oh, fuck, is that like the spider web coming out of the crack? God damn it. Yeah. I cracked my windshield. <laughs> and I, all I'm saying is it's not that big. And it's maybe not a big deal, uh, big deal now, but at some point you're going to have to replace the windshield. Yep. No, I agree. So, so with all that said, and we'll, we'll come back to the price. It's 87.5. 87.5. Oh, let's yep. see. 
Just went down 200 grand. <laughs> just so we just know. Just went down 200 grand. The right number. And I, that's not to begrudge Jets fans or Sabres fans or whatever, but guys. Dude, if, times are hard. I, 100%. Hard. But the, here's what's not. Uh, they have these corporate partnerships that are multi-year <laughs> that were signed a couple years ago out of the pandemic when things were good. The money is guaranteed. They'll be okay. Uh, the, ca the cap's going up. Today's video and audio sponsored by SeatGeek on the STP. Show? Uh, with over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. Jesse, Steve, what's the next event you're going to? Ooh, the next event. Uh, um, Let me guess. It's the Wiggles a hockey, Live. Hockey game in Sweden. Oh. No, oh. The Wiggles actually wow. uh, recently came to Oshawa. We missed them. Oh, I can't believe yeah, it. Jesse, what about you? <laughs> uh, probably a Leafs game. Or maybe... Raptors game because tickets are probably a little cheaper because they're probably not going to be as good this year. Yeah, so this here's the thing. SeatGeek uh, puts all the tickets across the web in one place. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10. So if you look for the green dots, green means good, red means bad. Um, and every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee. And at SeatGeek, the, which is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps, which is kind of neat. Wow. Ooh, yeah. So, kind of cool. Uh, all you, so basically, you guys, um, um, I, I came through for you here, okay? For your next event. <laughs> you? I, Personally. Me, me, Adam Wilde. You get seats in his suite. Use my coat. SDP, not yours. Wow. Not yours. My code. Your code? SDP. For 20 bucks off tickets at SeatGeek, that's $20 off your first purchase with the promo code, my promo code, SDP, but not Steve and Jesse's promo code. Stands for super duper person. And make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. This show is brought to you by, in part, BetterHelp. Uh, now, BetterHelp is one of those places that you can go. There are many places you can go to find online therapy, but BetterHelp's one of the, the interesting ones because you get matched with somebody very quickly. Usually when you make the decision, okay, I think I need some help. This. Um, yeah. you're, uh, uh, you're already at a point where you're probably past you need it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's sort of it's like, like water. Yeah, yeah. If you're thirsty, <laughs> you're, if you're, already, thirsty you're already dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it is a little like that. It, like, it, it, uh, for, for people that haven't tried it before, I always find that it like takes them, it, it, has to go, it has to be really bad for them to try it. And the truth is, life doesn't need to be that bad for you to try something like this and for you to see massive benefits. Mm -hmm. We're talking about solving problems and creating boundaries with your family and friends. We're talking about how to manage your day, something that I kind of struggle with and, and therapy actually helped with was how to manage a schedule because I was terrible and late to everything and still mostly late to things, but sometimes on time. Why are you looking at me like that? No, 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 it's me. <laughs> I was looking at you like that. I, I, you were looking at me like something? that. Uh, and it also helps with not taking things personally that aren't meant to be. So here's what we want Sounds you to like do. Sounds like the two of you should have a joint code, you know? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> both of you get on this. We're just going to get better help here and get a therapist together. <laughs> we're just going to have to get in one of those dust cloud fights from the Looney Tunes. Uh, so here's what it is. BetterHelp helps you with your brain and it'll help you regulate things and help you learn a little bit about yourself too. You can do it over text. You can do it on voice call. You can do it on uh, phone call, whatever you're more comfortable with. And if you don't love your therapist, if you're not connecting, it's okay. They can match you with somebody new pretty quickly because you got to vibe with that person. So make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash SDP today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash SDP. Now, I want to say this. Mm. I think it's good that the Heritage Classic is coming up because it seems like the only way the Flames or Oilers are going to get a win is if they play each other. Okay. Both teams, we're going to start with the Oilers losing again. Now, McDavid's not in the lineup, 
but it's still a pretty good team that you called a Stanley Cup contender, and I don't think a lot of people disagree. They scored four goals. You score four goals, that should be a, uh, an attainable win. It is, they scored their first goal in the third period it is, of the season. Yeah. See, um, but And they allowed fucking seven. It is the Edmonton Oilers' worst start since 2017. I never, ever, ever would have called this. That's a season where they went 36-40. and 40. That was coming off of their second-round defeat at the hands of the San Jose Sharks. Um, and that, I believe, is... No, that Todd McClellan didn't even get fired that year. It was the next year where they brought in Ken Hitchcock. Um, Jack Campbell. Okay, so that you guys saw the replay of the Jack Campbell save? Yeah, yeah. 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 Here's the thing about that save. I don't think the puck was going in. It was still spectacular, but I'm pretty sure if you look at the overhead angle, it wasn't going in. I hate when people point that out. Why? Because... <laughs> it's true. I'm on it, Steve's side. Just, yeah, like... Uh, you guys would both do that. It was a great thing. Did you know they also, uh, like, pre-play in wrestling? <laughs> Shut up. Let me enjoy it. I like the cool... Enjoy it. it was acrobatic. It was great. I like the flippy doodle do. Right. What was the Marc-Andre Fleury save? Where he ended somebody. Uh, oh, uh, Pat, Nick Patan. Patan. He, Nick Patan. Yeah, well, I thought ended that was going. What, the, the thing was he wasn't going in anyways. I mean, I technically, don't like we don't know if any goal is going in, or we exactly. don't know if any. Right, but going that in. means that would mean an even better storyline. If it wasn't going in, that means Nick Patan missing it ended Babcock, who refused to play him. Did you know the Undertaker's not really dead? <laughs> Answer the question. Wait a second. No. Answer the question. He he no, he dies and then he rises up and floats out out of the out of the, the coffin. Did you know that Kane's not really his brother? <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> but they're the same height. I, think I know. They had to they be. They had to be. No. Who could give birth to kids that big? I mean, it had to have been the, the same, same couple of people. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm just thinking. <laughs> That you should know that because why? <laughs> why because you should know that because you ought to know. All right, and and remember that wrestling show we saw where the guy tried to dig out his opponent's uh, eye with a fork. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't. Um, he didn't try to do that. <laughs> He's not currently in, like sitting in fifty-one so division second, waiting though. for his trial. But when you took a slap to the chest mm. from Eric Young this summer, no, that was real. That was real. Yep. But yes. you're telling me wrestling's fake. Oh, I'm not. T oh, I, hey, I was very careful about using that word. I did not you're telling say me fake. it's not real. I'm you're telling I me they're fudging the details. And yet you were on the ground on all fours. I believe it's real. Fuck it. Bullshit. Yeah, now, it hurts so much. Guys, when Vince McMahon tore both of his ACLs, that, that was real. So it, no, it was even worse. It was his quads. <laughs> no, tore both, tore of both his quads. <laughs> that was real. By the way, that's why uh, I'm pretty sure that's why Kawhi needed like rest because he tore his quad, didn't he, in San Antonio? No, wasn't that a quad tear? The injury was. It was a yeah. It, it must have been a partial injury. tear. I don't know. Oh. Dude, that that is still one of the most surreal videos I've ever fucking. It's crazy. Seen. Yeah. Now it's one of the most craziest sequence. It's one of the craziest sequences of events in wrestling history, mm -hmm. and like none of it is a work. Like it's, no. that all happened. <laughs> You that shit happened. That. You couldn't make that up. No. You couldn't. The the Batista Cena going over the rope at the same time, you, you could not have possibly Cirque du Soleil choreographed that. There's no way. Anyway, sorry. Give him credit. He stayed in character. He's, yeah. in, um. well, he's screaming bloody murder at people <laughs> sitting on his bum because he literally 
ripped apart both legs. I go, if you haven't seen it, go look it up. Make that your YouTube for the afternoon. Yeah. Vince McMahon tearing both of his quads. I will, <laughs> I will give him credit on one thing and one thing only, and it is that. Beyond that, fuck that guy. Yeah, but, no, but, yeah, yeah fuck yeah. that We're guy. We're not saying he's a good person. But, uh, awful, yeah. yeah, no, no. He's an awful human being. Um, he's just and horrible. his mustache. Fuck his mustache. Let's have a look at this, okay? So we've got the Oilers and uh, and Wild. And, and with two minutes to go in the first period, Warren Fogle scores. Cool. Oilers are up two to one, mm. and it looks like they're going to go two to one into the it, into the intermission. That's got to feel good. Except Ryan Hartman uh, gets a goal with a minute to go, which is always a killer. So you got a question. You got to go. Oh. Okay, you're going into the dressing room. You're like, we were gonna we were gonna get all the praise from Jay with his weird stand up stance with his you know where he pops his butt. Hey, no, I love I, it. I like it. I like that. You know that you know the Jay Woodcroft stance. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. But then the Oilers do this. They come out in the second period, and Warren Fogle, again, 32 seconds in, they're up three to two. Next they, man up. And they hold it for the entire period. So you're going oh. into the second intermission, and you are up three to two against the Wild. What happened? And then in the third period, and it starts with Ryan Hartman again. Man, it, who knew it was the title bout between Fogle and Hartman? Uh, I the, like Hartman. In the Wild. I do too, but yeah. like you would think like Dreisaitl Kaprizov, right? No, yes, go and go 100%. for goal. Uh, Ryan Hartman again. Then Matt Zuccarello five minutes later. Then four minutes later, Joel Eriksson-Eck. Mm. And they are down five to three. And then Evander Kane scores. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. All right. And then Hartman again. Oh. And then Marcus You got a Polino. hat trick? Yeah, Marcus Oh, my Polino. God. And it's seven to four. And, like, I don't know what you can say here. This would have been... Um like I don't know, I'm I'm fudging the future here, but this would have been their biggest win for the remainder of 2023. Um, like just in terms of what it meant for their season, you know, it's your first game. I think it's your first game without Connor McDavid, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Since he got injured, you're one three and one heading into the game. I yep. think uh, just two three and one, just the ability to stop the bleeding a little bit. Uh, would have been so so huge Mm -hmm. and not just that they lost the way they did it it just feels like another opportunity for it to get worse i i I, last show i kept saying mid-season arrives early Mm -hmm. um and i didn't realize that it's just a bastardization of a much better saying from yogi berra where he just says uh it's getting late early yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, a good one. Um, and there's that that one stat about if you're if you're I think it's like five points out of a playoff spot by November first, your percentage of making the the playoffs is like five percent. November first. Yeah, it's November first. Or is it? Or is it American Thanksgiving? American I think Thanksgiving. It's American is it American Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving? But even so, it's oh, yeah. a little. November first would be a little. I, like I would. Next week. I'd say December first mm-hmm. this year, just because the season started like what a week late or something like that. Yeah, a couple days. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. So, so, so yeah, the, semantics, but it, like. There's a there's a gap here, man. Like there's three teams that are what six and zero, oh? mm-hmm. or the Bruins are five and zero oh or something. Yeah, well, like, that? like the division that they're in, where they're chasing, where they are expected to win the division by some people who are going to be wrong, like Steve Dangle. Holy <laughs> shit! The Vegas Golden Knights are undefeated. You know, they're just making that gap even wider. And the the Oilers here really have four weeks to get it going. If we're looking at December first as the, as the date, like this period right now is is when they need to save their season. Okay, this is truly ridiculous but i'm gonna ask for it anyway jesse how far out of a playoff spot are they uh i had it no hold on. i got it here i got it no no don't look don't look jesse 
Don't look. I already know it because I did the I did it on Sunday. Okay, okay. So I just add two points. So to it. here's what we're gonna throw. I'm gonna throw this at you, Steve, because I have this. Okay. Where do the Edmonton Oilers currently sit in the NHL out of 32 teams? Oh, out of 32 teams, they're probably 27th. The answer is 31. Oh shit! Uh, there is Sharks. only one. T- oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I won't weigh in. Uh, and the I Sharks, don't worry. I would have guessed that. The Sharks have zero wins. They're the only winless team. They have an overtime loss point. So they have a 0.83 points percentage. Uh, The Oilers have a 0.250. And the the interesting thing about what you brought up there, Jesse, is if you start the season, like they always tell you in school, the, 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 the hack is your first month or two in school, whether you're at university or high school, whatever, is the, the pro the, the stuff that you do is pretty easy right uh-huh. like they're kind of warming you up mm-hmm. so if you can get as close to 100 percent on those projects as possible you can kind of take it and be just okay the rest of the way and end up with a good mark right the Leafs started one season i think it was 94 95 lockout short near 10 and 0 then they went 90, five, 93 4 93 4 yeah. they went 500 the rest of the way and they were squarely in the playoffs and one of the league's best teams yep they were 500 for most of the year, but they won 10 in a row to start a year, and that's what... It so, rode it like a pony. So here's the thing with the Oilers, and I have no doubts that they can do it, but the problem is when you get to, and again, we're only six games in, but you get to 10 games in, mm-hmm. and you're in that position, you get to 15 games in. So those first 15 games, you now have to balance those out the remainder of the 60-something games that are left. So you're playing, you're forcing yourself to play at a, you're at a 250 points percentage now. Now you got to play at a 750. Yep. Here's, and here's, you're not, and unless somebody else falls off like the Knights, which I don't think they are, yeah. uh, how do you catch them? Here's another way to look at it. Um, remember the year the Leafs got Phil Kessel? They started 07 and 1. 07 and fun. That's right. 07 and fun. And he was out with a... Uh, Shoulder surgery. Right. And he never missed a game again. Never missed a game (laughs) again. Literally never missed a game again until this year, I guess, if you want to split hairs. It's unsigned right now. So the streak still goes until he's on a team and he does not make the lineup. It counts, right? Yeah. No, like the games don't count, but his streak hasn't ended. Streak hasn't ended. Okay. Sitting at home like I am an Iron Man. So 07 and 1, the Leafs win their ninth game. Because of a hat trick from, I have no idea. Nicholas Hagman. Oh, I like. Oh, nice. Hagman. In Anaheim. Okay. Hell yeah. So uh, I say all that to say the Oilers are three games away from being that bad. That's wild. To if think. they lose three more games, they will be one seven and one, like the Leafs were after nine games the year they finished second. What, what was last. that year? That was twenty ten, right? Two thousand nine. Oh nine ten. Uh, Leafs roster. I'm gonna look it up just to give you an idea. Mm-hmm. Wait, well, you're in for a treat. Okay, so so Kessel still led the team in scoring, even though he missed the first. Yes, uh, I don't even know how long he missed. Twelve games, uh, and he still got 55 points. So 70, uh, and he so 70 games, he had 55 points. Then you had Kabrle, 30 goals, Kabrle, Ponikarovsky, Stajan, Kuleman, Grabowski, Hagman, Stempniak, Bozak, and Jason Blake. Those were the top 10 scorers for the Leafs that year. Do any of those players get into the Hall of Fame outside of Phil Kessel? Uh, fuck, like, no. No, of course, of course not, right? Yeah. The Oilers have a Hall of Famer right now playing. And, and it doesn't, and, it, and obviously McDavid's going to be you know, back in the lineup and things are going to change. I know it's going to turn around for the Oilers. But the question here is not whether the Oilers are good or not. We know they're good. How long, 
and how big of a hole are they going to put themselves in? And how great of a comeback story is it going to be if they go and challenge for the division? You, I think Ken Holland should be calling the Red Wings every day. About a goaltender? Uh, literally, like, okay. What? I was, I was wondering this to myself. Uso? Well, they're not going to get Uso, obviously. So I was thinking to myself, would Reimer or Lyon be either their best goalie or second best? Hmm. I mean, it'd be hard to not be their best. Like, Alex Lyon got the Panthers into the playoffs. Man. Man, right. oh man. But still, like... I don't know. He, he was signed for like what a million and a half. Yeah, yeah. there's but no like, reason they can't for carry three forever. There's no reason for the Red Wings to trade away from their roster right now when they're oh, they're the one they're on the opposite end of this. They're unreal. Where they're, they're on so absolutely well. on fire. I it's funny for the goalies because I guess they're going to be like, well, the checks still come on time. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, I'll, <laughs> just, this is I'll play twenty games and collect the check. On sure. the on the note of Ken Holland and on Adam saying this team is good, we know they're good and they're going to get it going. We don't know that they're good right now because it seems like the defense is the biggest problem with this team, and the defense might just be so bad that the offense can't outscore. It. What changed? The ch well, goaltending. One thing that did change uh, going from this off uh, last year to this year is they did change their defensive system, and it seems like the entire defensive core can't go from they're playing man to they used to play man to man, now they're playing zone. Julian McKenzie actually did oh, great work in the Athletic yes. on this uh, yesterday. I think it was the, that article came out. Fantastic stuff. Go read it. Um, Julian's always doing great stuff. So they're really slow to get up to speed here on on this new defensive system, and there's so many holes on the defense that they might just not have the guys to perform at this level and i think that falls on ken holland here i don't think this is jay woodcroft at all i don't think it's the offense which is like well without mcdavid you know it's not the best but it's still a great offense the defense is lackluster the goaltending sucks and if you're ken holland and you have connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl and you can't build a roster that can get you in the playoffs and win a stanley cup you are one of the worst GMs it's, of all time. Also, the, you signed the Campbell contract. Yeah, yeah, you you, you did the Campbell contract, which is an albatross and just awful. And he's got to have one of the worst GM tenures ever if you can't win a cup with Leon and and uh, and McDavid. It's a crime against how, the NHL. That's how good yeah. they are. That's like two Final Four appearances. And we're like, what a shitty job he's done. <laughs> yes! Because he didn't get Leon and Connor. That's a good point. When did he become... Uh, because uh, it, oh, it was, was McTavish with McDavid. Yeah. Oh, Shirelli didn't even know. McTavish got the pick. Yes. He was replaced by Shirelli by the draft. Oh, man. But McTavish, remember how thrilled he was? He's like, great, we got him. And, Yay! Then, and then they're like, bye. Ken, bye. Holland, <laughs> Ken Holland was GM of the Edmonton Oilers since May 7th, 2019. And they've been better. They were they're way better than they were under Shirelli. Yeah, but look at the team right now. I'm no, going to acquire He's done a the bad Leafs. job. I'm going to get Barry from the Leafs and CeCe from the Leafs and Brown from the Leafs and Hyman from the Leafs and Campbell from the Leafs. I think and he's I, done. I think a, they had another guy. Too. I think he's done a from horrible job with from roster construction. Brown, right? Did you say Brown? I said Brown. Okay. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. didn't they have McKay? I hope they get Reimer so they get another former Leaf. J yeah, do it. Do it. Uh, it. No, I think I think you're you're bang on, Jesse. It's it's it, here's the thing. The Ken Holland legacy rests so much on what the Red Wings did in the late two. First decade of the 2000s. What do we call that? The 2000s? You the know, 2000s. Uh, yeah. The 2000s. And, and then there's the, the 2010s and the 2020s. Yeah, okay, the go. 2000s. There you go. Um, uh, it, it rests on players like 
um, you know, Lidstrom and and Iserman and Shanahan and all the guys that that did did do some great things in that decade. They really were preposterous. But then, but then, what have the Detroit Red Wings done since then? Like I told you, the the Detroit Red Wings have not played a Stanley Cup playoff game since Mike Babcock was the coach. Ken Holland was the GM for a good chunk of that. I mean, and what, like from like what 2014 to 2018 at least. What Holland did with that Red Wings team is he helped uh, bring in the next generation um, and had them, in, uh, I guess, indoctrinated. Would that be the word? Uh, initiated with the current generation. Mm-hmm. So Eiserman, uh, not so much Fedorov, Lidstrom, yeah, all them. Datsuk, Zetterberg got came to. In. Well, Datsuk and Zetterberg come in. I'm trying to think. Of other Chris Chelios was on that. Johan Franzen. Yeah, he was so underrated. Um, I think uh, Yuri uh, Hoodler as well was a part of that sort of thing. He was yeah underrated player. Yes, I love Yuri Hoodler. Yes, he was. Um, yeah, other guys. I mean, we don't have to go through the whole Hosa. team. Yeah, no. Okay, let's go through the whole. Okay, team. sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, like who have the Oilers really drafted, developed, brought them in from the ground? Evan Bouchard. Floor? Yeah, Evan and, Bouchard, and he and that nurse, nurse contract is bad. Right. And I, I think Nurse and Bouchard, to me, of the defense, you know, especially when Ekholm was out to start the year, Nurse and Bouchard have looked on some of these goals lost. Well, and like you're putting lost. up points on the power play. Like, I don't know. Good for you. You're putting up points on the Oilers power play. Yeah. Like people make fun of John Klingberg for doing that. But like John Klingberg makes half of what Nurse makes. Like good for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it, it is a like you have the cushiest job in the NHL. <laughs> Pass to McDavid. You're the quarterback of the Edmonton Oilers power play. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, at some point, you have to... I'm not putting this all squarely on him, but you got to bring... You got to bring what the team needs. And I was so sure that having a full year of Matthias Ekholm, even if he's not at 100%, they'd look better than this. And holy moly. Mm -hmm. it's It's not a good collection of defensemen that they have. And I think this falls a lot on Ken Holland. It wasn't a big fan either of the lineup decisions that Jay Woodcroft was throwing out there with Yanmark. David out. Yeah, like Yanmark up on the first line doesn't really make sense. Why did you acquire Connor Brown? Like, play him. Um, so I, I thought that was weird. And like Kane, I think you got to play him to get him going. Yeah. Like, I don't think it helps to bench Kane because he's not performing well. I think that's a guy who needs more ice time so that he can get into a groove. To, Terry, he's Terry so Ryan. fiery. You Terry, know? Terry Ryan made a great point. What did he um, say? I can't remember what show. Jason Greger? But he was he was like, well, I don't know. You're yipping at the coach you know, during interviews. You better go out there and perform. Mm-hmm. And he did. He scored a, a, a goal in a game that was tight. But like... Man, there's so many problems. There's well, a lot. There's and, a lot okay. for a team that really ought to be good. You need. Yeah. You also need a guy like Evander Kane, who uh, has been. Oh, he's been amazing for the Oilers. He really has playoffs and, and regular season. He's been spectacular when he's been healthy. Um, you need him not to end his his time with the Oilers the way he's ended his time with every other team. He's been. About, it's. When, I mean, two. To, it's. It's two and a half to three years in. At every team of Andrew Kane's been on. Dude, I couldn't help but see that uh, little clip from, uh, I think it was the fifth game, and be like, yeah, that arrived right on time. And I want, like, this is a guy that is electrifying. He's a factor. 
He's amazing. He's a factor. And the fact that they got him in the first place mm -hmm. was amazing. What do you mean he's going to play with McDavid and Dreisaitl? No, I don't think anyone saw that signing and went, well, the Oilers are going to be worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, no way. Like, what, yeah. what a... What a ridiculously unique situation that even brought him to Edmonton. He was still under contract with the Sharks, yeah. but they just tore it up. Because you can do that sometimes. And they got him for like a third of his market value, probably. Mm -hmm. If uh, I was Bill Guerin, by the way, I'd be so mad at Evander Kane and, and, the, uh, and, and Mike Richards. Uh, oh, I know. Because they just tore them up and the league was like, hey, that's okay. The, the, but, yeah. well, we've got to have a $15 million a year penalty for the next three years. Because you decided to enforce it with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Oh, and I'm sure Canucks fans have something to say about that too. Hundred percent. Roberto Luongo. Yes, the cap recap. Yeah. Oh, oh, now the rules matter. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, just making sure. But regardless, yeah, yeah. on Evander Kane, you're right. And I think this is where this is where we find out if Evander Kane is going to be a leader in this room. And it's not because he can't be. He fully is capable of that. And leader by by the way means like forget what he says off the ice. It doesn't really matter. It's what he does on it. And I think he did fight. He did score. That, to me, is is showing he, this guy clearly wants it. And to your point, Jesse, he feels like a guy. He needs more time. It's it's still not enough. Yeah. He, he held up his end of the bargain. He scored in a tight game. Yeah. They gave up seven fucking goals. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. You can't win like you that. You need a save. Yeah. You need a, a defensive stop. You need something, anything. They've got a save in like two years. Dude, stop the puck from... <laughs> that's not even true because Stuart Skinner made the all-star team. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then good. turned yeah. into a pumpkin. Mm -hmm. is Cam, Absolutely turned is into... Is Cam Talbot the best goaltender of the McDavid era for the Oilers? By a country mile. And they gave he up. He played seventy three games. And they gave up on him the next year. The, he had one bad year, him. and they said, "Go fuck off." To I don't even remember Minnesota. What, I, think. I think they sent him to Ottawa. Didn't he end up in Calgary? I don't know. I, he's been so many places. I'm I know he's been so many places. And to be fair, like it's not like you know he's been awesome ever since. He he's had like one or two pretty good seasons. Mm -hmm. um, it shouldn't. Really shouldn't be this hard. On the Calgary Flames, they I'm gonna, uh, before oh, before please, you move please, on, please, please, please. I'm gonna all the comments that have gone on for the last couple minutes yelling at Adam Wild, Red Wings fans. I'm gonna do you a favor, Adam Wild. Your stat is incorrect. What Jeff that? Blashill won a playoff game with the Detroit Red Wings in 15-16. They were knocked out by the Tampa Bay Lightning in uh, the first round. So uh, it is not Mike Babcock who won the last all right. playoff round. Well, the you, you know, Red the Blashill era is the one that people really remember. Yes. He, did, I think he, he, he played in the playoffs one round, one time. He is the most forgettable coach since the uh, since the 80s for the Dead Wings. I, uh, I they think were, They were so bad in the in the, uh, in the the 80s, nobody remembers except for Eiserman. I think Red Wings fans are... are Smart enough that they'd be like, Adam's wrong, but and then he's not right. that mad. It he's, doesn't he's, matter. He's right. He's kind of right, though. He's right. Uh, I mean, it's do we have a 15 minute segment uh, booked to talk about Justin Hall? Oh, we, God. We probably ought to. I mean, what the you mean? I'm sorry. First off, Hall of Fame. Put some respect on his name. That's that's <laughs> NHL leader in plus minus Justin Hall to you, sir, even though he was healthy a couple more times. like Justin Honoris. <laughs> Um, Hall Norris. The Hall, context Hallis. that nobody, nope. the context that nobody likes to talk about in that stat, the in the graphic that was thrown out, is that Justin Hall has been a very good plus-minus player throughout his career. Yes. In the last oh, wow. five, four years, he was plus fifteen, plus fourteen, plus sixteen, plus thirteen. 
Look at the like he he did this consistently with the Leafs. Check out those playoffs. And nobody numbers. ever talked about it. Also, he's bad. Like <laughs> check out those playoff numbers. No, Jesse, he was a huge integral part. He was plus fifteen in eighty games with the Leafs, and also he was terrible. Yeah, and he's on pace to be like plus like uh, fucking fifty. So eighty-two. <laughs> oh no, sorry, I'm wrong. Like plus ninety. <laughs> Let's go, Bobby Orr. Do you hear the footsteps? Oh, uh, Calgary Flames are on a three-game losing streak. They were they are now two, four, and one. And if you look at the goals they let in. Like, here's the thing. It wasn't that Calgary lost. It was how. It was three goals within, like, a few minutes of each other. They are a top five back-breaking goals team. Yeah. Just I mean, backbreakers. The Blake Coleman goal was great. But here's... So it was... Sorry, it wasn't within... A, it was within five, six minutes. So Lafreniere's redirect. He's got three goals, by the hey, way. Sure uh, and then the Kreider and Gustafson goals within a minute and a half of each other. Eric Gustafson makes 800 grand. I'm so sad. Why? Well, all he does is put up like 40 points a year and sign for league men. Like, what the, <laughs> what, what's going on? Why did on? we keep him? <laughs> what, what's going on? He would, that was, he went to unrestricted free agency. The highest scoring defenseman on the Leafs. 800 grand. <laughs> no one's that bad at defense. Come no, on. No. I, Holy shit. I feel bad for, uh. I feel bad for Markstrom, man. It just that, especially that last one, it kind of squeaked through him, and you're like, oh. The third <sighs> goal was the killer. They were in it when Kreider scored. They were not in it when Gustafson did. I feel bad for him, too, but like the schedule doesn't stop for anyone. You need to save. Uh, Buffalo, uh, the Buffalo Sabres crushed the Ottawa Senators on Craig Anderson night. Uh, and <laughs> Anton Forsberg had a rough night. He went out for the second or third period, and nobody told him he wasn't in the game. Anymore. That was bad. Hamannick had to come out and be like, I'm sorry, but it's going to be not your net right now. Shout out to Travis Hamannick for, like, who wanted to do that? Who? I'm not yeah. doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'll do it. That's, um, that's bad. People really held their breath for Brady Kachuk because it looked like he separated his shoulder, but then he fought Alex Tuck later. Uh, <laughs> shoulders are so weird because you can pop them back in and keep mm -hmm. playing and get the surgery done in off season. If well, you and like I've heard it and it was incredible pain. And then by nighttime it was fine. And then three days later it's incredible pain. And yeah, my dad used to um, pop his shoulder out all the time. Yeah. You've, you've I, I mentioned that where he was, <laughs> he was petting the dog and his shoulder fell out. Like it got that loose. I hate the story. And he said, as soon as you get the shoulder back in, the pain just subsides almost immediately. He said, your ankle is the one that, that really sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sens made it interesting. Uh, uh, and by the way, Kachuk did get an instigator penalty and that's an automatic one game suspension, but the Sens are appealing it. And the update from Gary Ock today is that the NHL has arbitrarily decided not to enforce that rule. What? Actually? Yeah. yeah well, that's the report that's not been confirmed, but Gary Ock said this on his Twitter account. Sources say the NHL's department of player safety has informed the Sens There won't be a one game suspension for Brady Kachuk and coach DJ Smith will not be fined for the incident late against Buffalo. It he, will be up to the officials to decide if the instigator is erased. That I don't understand. Well, it, I mean, on top of the instigator, he bounced Tuck's head off the ice like a basketball. Uh, Bruce said, uh, "The spirit of the rule is there is to uh, the spirit of the rule is to avoid teams from turning the last five minutes into a fight fest." Mm. That yeah. wasn't the case in Ottawa. Now you look at this: the the first what? Brady Kachuk punch where Tuck goes down. Is is part of the fight. The second one where he's on the ground it's or bad. on the way down, 
I mean, man. It's accidentally on purpose. The, the Kachuk, both Kachuks are masters at that, and so is their old man. So, so with the instigator being removed, I get it because Tuck was a willing combatant, and I okay. don't think. Yeah. I don't think Kachuk should have received an instigator penalty there. Like it was a hard hit, and he stands up and he's like, "Fight me!" And then Kachuk, uh, Tuck's like, "Yeah, I'll fight you." you so sounds good. Yeah, I yeah. think like that's okay. okay. Yeah, I, I guess I get it, but get it's it. it's also shenanigans because in the rules it's automatic. Listen, the rules are automatic. <laughs> yeah. Why? Okay, For then, a reason. Don't, then don't call it automatic. Right. Well, this simply why, don't say it's automatic. So it's subjective. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I've I've brought this up before, but Clarkson years ago got 10 games automatically automatically for leaving the bench except for several times following that players left the bench for a fight and had their uh, suspensions reduced i think paul bissonette he left the bench i want to say it was rescinded to like three oh based on f and with how come and with no disrespect to paul the role that clarkson was supposed to play with the leafs is a different role than what Bissonette was supposed to play with the Coyotes. He also, like, it, he didn't leave the bench for a fight. He left the bench for a cuddle. Because it was a, a grab. He just cuddled him. What's wrong um, with a cuddle? Fire DJ, as in DJ Smith, is trending on Twitter almost every night now. <laughs> um, my and question is, when, when you watch the Sens guys, do you feel like you're seeing a team, like, there's unquestionable talent. And I think they've got good goaltending, too, on a good day. I don't really see a problem with their lineup. I don't either. To me, it's a systems issue, and I think Sens fans may have a point. I have never seen, it's and it's it's in Toronto too. DJ Smith was the nice guy to Mike Babcock's insanity uh, in Toronto. He was the he was a good middleman, right? He was the guy that the players could talk to. I have never seen in DJ Smith's time in Ottawa this team outperform its talent ever. And that's usually when you have a good system in place, right? Well, like, I'll, I'll give I'll give Babs credit. That year that the Leafs finished last, they should have been way more last. <laughs> yes. Like, they yes. were. that was the best last place finish I've ever seen. Fewer and they teams were garbage. intentionally been bad like them. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so the, the systems worked for the team that was there. My question with DJ Smith and his coaching staff is, I'm not seeing the system bring the best out in those players. You look at it. Look at the look at the start Alex DeBrincat has had. <laughs> now Brady yeah. Kachuk's He's, incredible. Should DeBrincat have been the second winger on that on that side? Absolutely. But I'm sorry, guys. Like the, at, at a certain point, we got to look at the coach and say, uh, "You might be the common denominator here." With a healthy Josh Norris, um, having a center right wing one-two punch of Stutzla, Kachuk, Norris, DeBrincat. Mm -hmm. How how many better situations are there in the league? Well, you didn't get the healthy Norris. You didn't get but the healthy got, Norris. You got the but, emerging Shane Pinto. I mean, he played a game and then he scored two goals. Shane Shane Pinto. Who's Adam? Why are we talking about guys who don't even have last a contract? Year. Talking about last year. Oh, I know. Yeah. But and you got Tarasenko this year. He could score. On the third line. This sure. is what I'm saying, right? You know, like sure, Tarasenko has been there's been more to desire from that guy. There uh so far. I think it was Graham Nichols on Twitter was like, All right, like Sure, you can have the opinion of fire DJ Smith, but I don't understand how you do that without also firing Pierre Dorian. Hmm. And holy shit, is there a team in the NHL, maybe even more so than the Edmonton Oilers? Because like they're not talking about firing anybody. Is there a team who midseason has arrived for quicker than Ottawa? I would say Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, but <laughs> we're not talking about like a... We're all sort of like... Eh. 
they're going to get better, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Ottawa's like GM might go, coach might go. Yeah. And the fans are I don't remember hearing a Firewood Croft chant. Although I don't know, tune, be in, coming. tune in next week. <laughs> you never know. I just think uh DJ Smith uh has got to adjust his systems for this team to get the best out of it because he's got the talent now. So they when they didn't have the scoring, talent, they when should they, be defending, when they, they didn't have the talent, saves. I got it. Yeah. yeah. They have the talent now. Mm-hmm. So I don't get it. And like with that game last night, it was five one, you know, and the, the sentence climbed all the way back into it. So we know that they have an ability to score in bunches there. They, they've done it. It's just about getting those stops early on and not getting to that point when you got to score four goals. And Anton Forsberg wasn't great, obviously pulled in at that second intermission when he was on the ice. But like the defense isn't great either. It's a similar problem with the Oilers where they yeah. can't like clear up in front. You know, they can't play a good system. And if that falls on DJ Smith, like then I think that's his burden. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. Only so all 32 teams were in action yesterday. Only two of those teams got the benefit of having to play a team that played the night before. Yes, because there's two games on Monday. Right, and Ottawa was one of them. Mm-hmm. They got to play. They got the luxury of playing a tired team, and they got mopped. Yeah, not good. Yeah, not good. Now, the question yesterday before all the games was, did Travis, did Travis Dermott change the NHL forever? <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, and I guess. Listen, so the, the NHL won't give him the credit because apparently this was in the works before he wore the tape on the ice. But I, yeah, it I, was announced. I, I don't doubt that. After consultation with the NHL Players Association and the NHL Inclusion Coalition, players will now have the option to voluntary, voluntarily represent social causes with their stick tape throughout the season. Brian Burke, longtime NHL executive uh, and LGBTQ advocate uh, who previously criticized the league's ban on Agent Provocateur, let me throw that out there, uh, praised Dermot on social media um, uh, celebrating the decision. He said, great news for the hockey community today. Congratulations and thank you to all who made their voices heard in support of inclusion in hockey, especially the courageous Travis Dermot. Now, we know that Scotiabank was very involved in this. They bought all the pride tape. They put up all the uh, the bus ads. They were all over the place in Toronto. Um, and uh, and they've always been about that. And they're a huge, huge hockey media spender in this country. Mm-hmm. We'd love for them to work with us at some point. Um, but I want to say this. Uh, uh, this is sort of, it's so funny that we got to this place that the NHL should have just naturally come to. And it speaks to, to me, the NHL head office's inability to let people do their jobs. They hire people. They Bill and Bill and Gary and all their support staff know that they're from a different generation. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily understand how to market to today's youth, clearly. <laughs> so they hire people. They have a, a head of inclusion. Yep. They have the NHLPA to go with. Yep. They've got young people on staff. I've, apparently, the NHL New York's a really fun and exciting place to work. I believe it. There's a lot of people on their staff they could have asked about this before sending out the memo, the rushed memo that banned Pride Tape. And I find it funny, and I'm glad that we got here. Mm-hmm. I want to say that. But I do find it funny how much these guys would would much rather make a mistake and have it be their mistake than rely on the people that they hired to do this particular job. Gary Bettman is a business lawyer. Uh-huh. He wants he he's he cares about expansion. He cares about making the lawyers or sorry the lawyers. He cares about making the owners money and the um, lawyers. and and and, and protecting the game and whatever. Lawyers, That's yeah. what he cares about. <laughs> and, and and probably all the lawyers that represent the NHL. Yeah. Um and Bill's the same. 
they, I don't expect them to be brilliant on social causes. I expect them to hire people that are and take their advice. But again, you see a management failure here from these guys who very clearly had people in the room because they've changed this in two weeks. They yeah. had people in the room who right away were against this and started pushing back. Then they had sponsors who they would view as clients pushing back on it. And still they said, well, hold on, let's have a bunch of conversations about it first. At a certain point, when you run an organization, and, and I know the NHL is very top down, I know they're very autocratic, you have to trust your employees. You have to trust the people that you hired. And there are people there, despite looks, that do understand and would have stopped them from making this mistake in the first place. This is, this is part of the reason I wasn't like banging the table when this was announced, because I was like, oh, oh they're gonna reverse that in like two weeks. Yes. Um, they're gonna reverse that almost immediately. And it never felt like a, we are doing this. Like it, it never felt like something the NHL was passionate about and something they weren't gonna budge on because it felt, it, it didn't feel like they said, we're banning pride tape. It felt like there's, they said, we're banning pride tape? Like, <laughs> were they, well, because, because and this, this is from, I think it was OutSports. They, we, <laughs> when they got rid of the specialty jerseys or the players wearing the specialty jerseys, whatever, um, OutSports, I believe, were the first ones to contact the NHL and be like, okay, so can they wear pride tape? And it didn't even feel like the NHL went, no. <laughs> felt like they went, no? Yeah. Like It just, it felt like they weren't prepared to answer an obvious question. And shame on them for that. Uh, I never for a moment thought they were going to stick to this. And like, I don't have insider knowledge on this, but someone made the final call on this it was head office oh you think that i don't know the office of the commissioner if the commissioner doesn't sign off on it steve come on i you know how this league works it i mean do you think it was a situation where it was like one of those things comes across your desk and you go yep sure and you just sign it and i think what it was was they said no it's a ban a ban is a ban remember these are lawyers but well, then but it wasn't just okay fine you can wear a pride tape it was uh uh yeah any cause you want you know what I mean? It's just they buckled so easily because on it. Because it was clearly wrong. Yeah. Well, and, and it was, thing, obviously. But they didn't, but they did, and I think it was a rushed memo. That's why I think it was a rushed memo. Mm -hmm. I have no proof on this, but I believe that it, like you said, it, came no, across the desk and they're like, way. yep, we got to clarify, and here, here it is. And it's because they got a bunch of questions all summer. Can I wear a poppy? Can I? Things like that came up. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I look at this, this is a managerial failure. Again, I don't expect Gary Bettman and Bill Daly to understand all of these social causes. Sometimes you just have to go, they're too damn old, man. <laughs> My grandparents were too damn old to understand some shit that to me was pretty fucking obvious, okay? Like mm -hmm. iPhones. 100%. Setting the timer on their VCR every time we went and saw them. Every single time. Not hard. You know, so I don't expect Gary and Bill, who are both in their late 60s, I think, to understand all this, but I do expect them, if you're gonna be the commissioner and the deputy commissioner, to hire people that do and take their advice. That's the point. Yeah. This should never have happened. I'm glad it's changed. Shout out to Travis Dermott. Shout out to all the organizations, Outsports who were on this, mm -hmm. Brian Burke who was on this, all the other organizations that worked to change this over the last two weeks. You guys did an amazing job. 
every fan in the community who's had to deal with this shit again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. But Did everybody just, lose their job over this? You think internally? Of course not. I, because the, mm. the guy who's, who could lose their job over this, the guy who made this decision, is the guy that makes or breaks the job. Someone. Gary? You fire himself? I think there's yeah. a scapegoat here. I, I very obviously don't know who it is. Um, and I think they're going to throw them so far under the bus. But you can't fire him now because it's too obvious. They're not going to do that. I don't know. No, what a no. what a just a PR nightmare for the league that was entirely unforced and avoidable. Yes. And 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 when did they announce the reversal? Yesterday, when all thirty two teams were in action, you know. And I guess, like, what's the PR spin there? Like, do you release it that day as a victory? Mm-hmm. Like as a bit of good news i think you announced it because there's so much happening in the world of nhl like we got this oh. positive frozen frenzy thing that hopefully it'll bury that headline maybe everybody maybe. has to go to the frozen frenzy thing you know how many people are talking about that like that was a huge deal it was a, a very huge and deal. i think strategically by the nhl is we release it on a day where we're going to be talked about so that they can talk about the other stuff and not this interesting I, I did uh, get a chuckle out of the tweets from people. So they announced the reversal of that and also that they upheld the uh, Rasmus Anderson uh, suspension. Mm-hmm. And people were like, Jesus, Gary was right twice in one day. Yeah. Is he feeling uh, all right? The league has confirmed, by the way, uh, just a few minutes ago that the Kachuk suspension has been rescinded and so oh, has wow. the fine. So, yeah, I guess the, the referees didn't feel upon replay that he deserved an instigator penalty in the moment. All right. I like I see it. I don't know. It's stupid because it's automatic, but fuck the NHL. I'm not, I'm not passionate about it. Now yeah. we know that it's not. That's great. Any automatic suspension from now on, I'm going to say, mm, I don't think so. Also, the Sens. You can appeal an automatic suspension? Okay. The Sens would have just, because of their cap situation, like I'm not saying this to be a dick, they would have had to just play shorthanded. Yes. No, no, for sure. That's crazy. <laughs> well, and I'm sure, I'm sure Gary wants to help out the new owner that he enticed to get this. Michael Landlauer was his choice. I'm sure Michael said, hey, Gary. I just spent nine hundred million when I only wanted to spend eight hundred million, mm. which is a true story, by the way. Also, um, so uh, all that to say, we'll wrap it up there. On Friday's show, we got some exciting stuff. Ken Reed's joining us on Friday. We love like that. We like Reader. That. Yeah, he's talking about his new book. Show uh, us the book, Jesse. <laughs> give, bring out the book. Where's the book? He's yeah. got the book. Oh, Hometown hockey heroes. Yeah. All right. Okay, uh, J- uh, Jesse, hit the extra. Hit the extra. I want you to hold that pose the entire extra. Here, which, which hit it. is it? I'll push it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, right I'll hold the book. All right, Jesse. All right, Jesse. Let's see if he can hold it oh. in tableau. Hold it in tableau. Ken Reed. Ah, there it is. Keep going. He's holding it in tableau. <laughs> He's even got the eye thing. Right. Oh, I didn't broke tableau. You can't hold uh, tableau. I, I wanted to hit tableau it Tableau is to hold it. Damn it. Uh, Come on, Jesse. Whoppy dooby doo. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.